To learn new concepts and skills, you need to engage both the focus mode and diffuse mode of thinking. Learning is a meta skill that allows you to turn information into intelligence and knowledge into expertise. If you know how to learn, you can broaden your passions and not just follow existing ones. This is episode 11 Focus versus Diffuse Thinking. You need both to learn and solve problems. Hello, and welcome to The Incrementalist, a productivity podcast on making big changes in small steps. My name is Diane Williams, and I'm your productivity coach and host for the show. To solve problems, you must access and activate the neural networks in your brain. There is a task-positive network and the task-negative network. Task-positive is focus mode, and task-negative is diffused mode. You cannot use both at the same time. Instead, you move from one to the next to fully understand a problem and to generate the best ideas to solve it. You need to focus on the task at hand to make progress and complete it. Delivering a product or service, implementing ideas, and executing a plan require focus. In episode 5 of the Incrementalist podcast, I talked about how flow follows focus. Flow is the optimal state of experiencing an activity. It's a necessary ingredient of peak performance. A focused mode of thinking involves deep, heads-down work. It's active problem-solving and conscious thinking. You concentrate and make a deliberate effort to understand the problem, identify key details, analyze the data, and iron out solutions. Your prefrontal cortex in your brain helps you to block out distractions and extraneous inputs. It controls most of your executive functions, like decision-making, problem-solving, and focusing your attention. Because there is a high cognitive load in focused thinking, it's hard to sustain it for more than an hour or two. A diffused mode of thinking involves mind-wandering without a plan. It's daydreaming and unconscious thinking. It comes up when you're on a walk, on a run, or in the shower, or taking a drive, playing with your kids, or taking a short, light nap. Unlike focus mode, diffuse mode doesn't seem to be controlled by one area in the brain. It involves multiple parts of the brain. Diffuse thinking deepens your understanding and triggers creative breakthroughs. Dr. Barbara Oakley an American professor of engineering and author of the book Mind Shift, notes that we need both the focus mode and diffuse mode to learn and solve problems. You must do focus thinking to perform cognitively demanding tasks, but because focus thinking narrows your attention and puts on the blinders, you must go into diffuse mode to connect the dots and see the big picture. Dr. Oakley notes that medical students who are super memorizers do very well on an anatomy test. They activate focus thinking to ace the test, but they do poorly on the cardiology exam if they do not step back and make time to process information in the diffused mode. Surrealist painter Salvador Dali used focused and diffused modes for problem solving and creating artwork. Dali used what he called slumber with a key. 
It was an afternoon siesta designed to last less than a single second. When he was stuck on a problem in his painting, he would sit and relax in his armchair with his wrist dangling over the armrest. He held a heavy metal key between the thumb and forefinger of his left hand. He placed a plate on the floor right below the key. The moment he began to fall asleep, the key fell to the ground, made a clatter on the plate, and would wake him up from his micro-nap. He carried over the neurological connections he made in diffused mode into his deep work. He refined the ideas and images when he was in focused mode. The experience of transitioning from wakefulness to sleep is called hypnagogia. A normal sleep cycle has four stages. The first stage takes about five minutes and is when we're about to fall asleep. Brain activity starts to slow down, body temperature begins to drop, and we get into a relaxed state. Although we're not aware of our surroundings, we're half asleep and can be woken up easily. In this state, we can see visions and images, hear imaginary sounds, and recall physical sensations from an activity we did earlier in the day. Inventor Thomas Edison also took micro-naps. It is said that he would sit in a chair while holding ball bearings in his hands. He would place aluminum pie plates on the floor beneath his fist. As he began to fall asleep, the ball bearing would drop and hit the plates. The clatter would wake him up. He would next note down the images and ideas that came up in the diffused state. It's reported that these micro-naps helped him to get unstuck in scientific experiments. Activating both focus and diffuse thinking modes helps to avoid illusion of competence. This is when you attend a class, read a book, or watch a demonstration by an expert and conclude the task is simple and that you know how to do the task. Professional gymnasts, dancers, and race car drivers make their jobs look easy. But to really know how to do a task, we not only need to store the information in our short-term memory, we also have to keep applying the knowledge and reworking the problem to make the learning concrete and to hold it in our long-term memory. You need both the focus and diffuse modes to have mastery and to make neural network connections. You form neural chunks of information that you can access to improve your understanding get creative, and perform at your peak. Chunking is when you know something so well, like a statutory law, a scientific formula, or a dance routine, that you can quickly call it to mind to do a specific task. Dr. Daniel Levitin, neuroscientist and psychologist and author of The Organized Mind, says we're either in task-positive mode or task-negative mode, he says the information age is drowning us with a flood of data. It's important to organize and process information by using the two thinking modes. In task-positive mode, you tap into your prefrontal cortex and focus on a high cognitive task. You have a clear goal or objective. In task-negative mode, you access the default network of your brain. You're in daydreaming or mind-wandering mode. In this natural state, you have mental space for creative breakthroughs. You're not checking emails, online news, or social media, or seeking external stimuli. Instead, you're taking deep breaths, watching the birds, 
or listening to classical music. When you allow yourself to be bored or to zone out, you can get some of your best ideas to solve a problem. This is why vacations, active rest, and naps can be so refreshing and restorative. When you're relaxed, you often have streams of consciousness, flood of ideas, visual images, and memories. For long-term memory building and idea generation, you switch from one mode to the next. To solve problems, you move back and forth between the central executive system and the mind-wandering system. There's no point in trying to activate both modes at the same time. This is counterproductive and slows down learning. To practice focused thinking, do one task at a time. Multitasking or switching quickly from one thing to the next lowers productivity and increases fatigue. You burn up a lot of oxygenated glucose that your neurons need. At the end of the day, you might feel overwhelmed and tired and wonder where the time went. Scrolling social media and processing emails compete for brain power. If you want to preserve your energy, have a set time for when you will do these activities. Avoid constant interruptions and distractions. Engage in deliberate practice when you're dealing with a high cognitive task. When you sustain your attention on a single task, say 25 minutes or 50 minutes or 60 minutes, you make steadier progress towards completion. A little bit of stress is good, but too much stress makes it harder to think clearly. So take a 5, 15, or 30-minute break to activate diffuse thinking. The diffuse mode allows you to build neural networks to grasp new concepts. You let the new knowledge run in the background and you let your thoughts percolate. You play random chords and improvise when you're learning to play the piano. You meditate on math problems when you're taking a walk in the woods. Your environment plays a role. To activate the focus mode, it's usually better to be in a quiet, closed space. To engage the diffuse mode, try an open space like a nearby park or your backyard. You might also want some background noise, like the kind you hear in a coffee shop. When learning and solving problems, you also need a system to capture, organize, develop, and connect ideas. Linear note-taking is good for acquiring knowledge in an analytical way. Mind mapping is better for understanding information more intuitively and creatively. Mind maps more accurately reflect how the brain works, jumping around between thoughts, ideas, and concepts instead of thinking linearly from point A to point B. A mind map is a visual diagram that connects ideas and information around a main topic or subject. Like a brain cell, mind maps have a core in the center with lines branching out from the core to connect different concepts. The lines may incorporate images, words, colors, numbers, and other visual representations of concepts. Each idea usually has a circle or square associated with it, which is akin to headings and subheadings in linear note-taking. To learn more on this form of note-taking, you can check out my article, Mind Mapping, a mental tool for generating ideas and solving problems. 
There's a link to the article in the show notes of this episode. Knowing how to access the two thinking modes and the brain's neural networks is key to learning. If you get stuck, ask yourself if you're using the right network to learn and process information or to solve a problem. In the focus mode, you grasp details and learn the data. It helps you to memorize information and build basic knowledge. But a focus mode without diffuse mode limits your ability to think creatively and connect neural pathways. If you focus on a problem for too long, you can get tunnel vision. You stick with limited assumptions that are sometimes incorrect. Then you end up with the Einstein effect. This means that you hone in on one idea that prevents a better idea or solution from being discovered. In the diffuse mode, you get creative insights and understand data. It helps you to unpack novel issues and connect the dots. But a diffuse mode without focus mode is limited because it does not give you a solid foundation to build knowledge. If you stay in diffuse mode for too long, you avoid deliberate practice. One mode limits access to the other mode. To learn well, you will need to go back and forth between these modes. If you get stuck while learning a new concept or solving a problem, take a break or switch to an easier task. In a diffuse state, your brain might work on a tough problem in the background while you actively focus on another problem. When you return to problem number one, you can start with a clean slate in a new focus block. Keep in mind that this is not the same as trying to multitask or switching quickly from one task to the next. It is more about active rest. To truly learn and store long-term memory and knowledge, you need to use both focused and diffused thinking modes. You focus on the task without distractions and interruptions. You then take a break or do other things to let the information percolate in the background. Through unconscious learning, you'll internalize the knowledge and form neural pathways to the stored information in the brain. You'll be super productive and creative in solving problems if you master the meta skill of knowing how to learn. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with others. And be sure to subscribe and post a five-star rating and review. If you have a productivity question you'd like me to cover in a future episode, or if you're interested in productivity coaching, contact me through my website at dianewilliams.com. Thank you for tuning in, and join me again next time.